Joining us today on a special episode of the Jesus Famous Podcast with Pastor Nate Holdridge. Today we have a special guest in the studio sharing their story about how Jesus has changed their life. Join us as we discuss stories and discover how Jesus is famous in the testimonies of those around us. All right, everybody. Today I'm in the studio recording the Jesus Famous podcast with Ann Jensen, who is our outreach director here at Calvary Monterey, wife to Bryce and mother to (laughs) one of the cutest baby boys you've ever seen in your life, little Theo. (laughs) Ann, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. On a scale of one to 10, how much is being on camera and behind a microphone just totally in your wheelhouse? You're feeling stoked Mm. and comfortable right now. 10 being like... 10 being the most, like it's like 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 a a fish in water. Yeah, like a (laughs) (laughs) 2.5. Well, because of that, I'm super thankful for you, you know, being here doing this for us because... You're one of the people I'm most thankful to God for, and wow. I'm so thankful you're part of this church, and I feel that God brought you here you know, so many mm-hmm. years ago, and he's continued to bless your life and your ministry and your heart for our community has made a big impact on the things that we do mm-hmm. as a church, so I'm really thankful to God that you're here and that you're willing to chat with me yeah. a little bit. So I was preparing this. Uh, for some questions to ask you, and I'll be honest, like when I started writing my notes, I wrote Anne Delaney. That happens so much. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, when was the last time you wrote your maiden name like that? Oh, like, like forgot? Mm-hmm, you're just like, oh, here I am. I'm signing a check. Or, I mean, if you, do we yeah. even do that anymore? But well, every now and then, I gosh, well, I did when I changed my name almost four years ago. I ditched my middle name and just scooted Delaney over. Oh, yeah. So I was pretty attached to it, um, but very happy to become a Jensen. Um, so I do write it out a lot, but like the last time I said it wrong, I was dealing with some, it was after Theo was born um, and was calling our like healthcare sharing ministry company and they were asking what my name was. And I said, Ann Delaney. And I was like, wait, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a convenience. Now, so now you could just like, when you make the mistake, yeah. you just say Jensen. Gen- yeah. And Delaney. Oh, yeah. Jensen. Mm-hmm. You're just giving the full legal name. Yeah. Pastor Jeff did that last month when he was out on his like, uh, autoresponder email. He said like, get in touch with Ann Delaney. <laughs> it's like, he was the one who married us, Not you know? <laughs> so man. Yeah. He was there. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I have a low-key desire for my daughters to do the same thing, just slide the Holdridge on over there. I'm not as much of a fan of the hyphen situation. That's paper, Mostly, paperwork hard. Yeah, yeah, and practically speaking, I'm like, well, what happens if like a hyphen marries a, a hyphen? Do you got like four hyphens going on? Like, mm-hmm. When does the hyphenation stop I know. is what I want to know. Yeah, I had to be practical about it. but. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up in the Salinas area Mm -hmm. and um, went to school at Biola University. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. What was your degree in and what was your experience like studying there? Yeah, it was great. Um, Yeah, I went to Salinas High. I knew I wanted to go to a Christian university if that was possible for us Um, and didn't want to end up in Southern California, but went to toured a couple colleges in different parts of the country and just didn't feel right. And so I had to start looking. There's a lot of Christian colleges in Southern California. Um, and I, we toured, my family, my parents and I toured Biola and it just felt right. You know, it felt very committed 
to the gospel and biblical truth, um, but still very broad in the sense that they want to equip students to be in every part of the world and Mm -hmm. in different industries, you know, so that really appealed to me. So I had to make peace with the fact that my central coast, Northern California self was going to go to LA for a while. Um, I got down there and initially started as an intercultural studies major, um, had some ideas about doing like international development and relief, um, that Mm -hmm. kind of work, um, started studying those classes were awesome, but quickly found out that that was Biola's and it was strategic the intercultural studies majors called that because being a, like a missionaries studies mm. major makes it very difficult to get into closed countries. Um, so once I did, once I was in there, I realized I didn't want to be a missionary. Um, had to figure something else out and transferred over to the sociology department because I, um, it's like majoring in people watching. <laughs> um and just the study of people and groups and societies and knew I wanted to, I just have always wanted to be a helper in some way, mm-hmm. but you know, being a nurse or a doctor was not my field. I get kind of queasy with stuff like that. Um, so I was looking kind of in the social work realm, but wasn't mm-hmm. totally sure. So got my bachelor's in sociology, um, a minor in biblical studies and thought that I was going to work for a big NGO in Alaska and one of their programs in Alaska oh, wow. working with wounded veterans and their spouses mm-hmm. had that goal for my junior and senior year was working with recruiters. Um, they pretty much had a job lined up for me and then it was April of my senior year. I was going to graduate in May and they called and said that all of the jobs had been turned into volunteer positions oh. and, um, they said, we'd still love for you to come. We'd love for you to volunteer. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds great. I also really need a job at this point. <laughs> um, so that was, you know, for some, like, for a college student, that, that's devastating. Yeah, and you're a, you're a planner. Mm-hmm. You think ahead. Yeah. yeah, and my parents just so generously were able to, you know, pay for my college. And so I wanted to show something for that, you yeah. know, and be able to have contribute a, right a off the career bat. yeah like look look what you guys did you guys enabled me to get this great job and something yeah. that I love so that was pretty hard but ended up having to come back home back to Salinas mm-hmm. and um got a job at a local adoption agency which was not, not a world that I thought I would ever be in mm-hmm. um learned so much there uh was exposed to just the realities of foster care and and just the great work that people do. Mm. Um, and then I think nine months later, got pulled into the back office. Since it's a nonprofit, was told that there were budget cuts. And since I was the most recent hire, I was the first one to be let go and mm. didn't know what to do. I was just about to move out of my parents' house and didn't know what to do. And mm. then ended up getting a tiny part-time job here. <laughs> yeah, as a the bookkeeper. bookkeeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which had a lot to do with your education yep. at Viola. Yeah. 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 I remember Pastor Andrew saying like, well, we're, we're willing to train you if you're willing to learn. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I have no other choices. So yeah. Yeah. And that has kind of unfolded into moving more into my giftings and callings and yep. 
It's been pretty cool. And so, I mean, I've been able to just kind of know you and watch from afar and then working together. And so eventually you and Bryce, who, I mean, you guys knew each other while you were growing up. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. who's this random guy? Like you guys knew each other in high school and everything, right? Did you guys go to the same church growing up or was that? No. Okay. Yeah. So he, um, so our parents, when they, when both of our parents were, sets of our parents were newlyweds, they actually lived on the same street. Okay. And knew each other. And then um, Bryce's family homeschooled until high school. And we were, you know, in public school. So we weren't, and we were at different churches. So okay. we kind of drifted apart. But then once we were back at Selena's High, my mom was like, oh, those Jensen boys, they're so nice. And Bryce and I were in choir together. So I was kind of new about him and um, had a crush on him in high school that he didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> um that did not last the 10 years before we actually started dating. Okay, all yeah. right. The crush ended. The crush ended. Okay. Um, that would have been a magical story, but... Yeah. I still think it's pretty magical that we did end up <laughs> it together. It is cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so we knew each other. And then when he graduated um, from college, um, he took a little bit longer because he went to community college and did YWAM. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to move back home also, kind of a similar story. And... Um, I think especially when you move back home to the you know place you've always grown up, you try to find ways to make yourself feel like an adult. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, okay, well, I think I'm going to try and find a church, you know, with more young people where I can really serve and get some community. So he ended up, Calvary was on the, the first one on his list, but he was planning on going to a bunch of other churches that day. And again, during the meet and greet time, he, I was somehow told to be serving in Calvary kids, which I don't do that often, but I was down there and he ran into my parents and my mom was like, that's Bryce Jensen (laughs) and ended up connecting with him. And, um, so they kind of let Anne know that you're here and maybe she can try to get you connected with some guy friends. And I was like, Oh, sure. I'll do that. You know, meet up with him and pass him off to my guy friends is what my plan was. But Mm -hmm. We started dating three weeks later. The pass off was yeah. not successful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I mean, yeah. it speaks of the testimony of the meet and greet. That's Bring what I'm back saying. The power of the meet and greet. Every time you guys talk good. about cutting it out, I'm like, I don't know. I'm it's looking at my Riley. Twice. <laughs> I'm looking at Pastor Riley over in the corner. He's he's the one putting the, planning the services, putting mm. them together. We might need to bring the meet and greet back. We got Anne. It's like Christian and we got Anne married yeah. through the meet and greet. This yep. is amazing. Well, you know, COVID, we cut the meeting. I know. But, um, yeah. Um, I mean, you're an introvert. I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. I hate the meet and greet, but I'm kind of getting pitched right now. I'm feeling sold. I like, know. There's some thing. things as introverts that, you know, are still good for us. You just got to do it. You just got to do you it. Know? You never know what's yeah. going to happen. Eat your vegetables. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Yeah, That's okay. a good way to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, I do want to ask you questions about your role here mm-hmm. and your heart for the community and everything, but I want to chase out your story with Bryce a little bit because totally. you guys have had, I mean, it feels like the adventures you have got, you guys have gone through, like surely you guys have been married for 20 years by it now, feels right? Like yeah, that. you guys yeah. have gone through a little bit and I don't know how much <laughs> you'd be willing to share mm-hmm. with us, but you guys have gone through some significant trials together that have mm-hmm. strengthened your marriage and everything. So mm-hmm. you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, I think, I mean, we will have been married four years in this coming May. Um, and we kind of define it's for better or for worse. Um, we define 
the years we've been married by like what traumatic thing happened that year. <laughs> oh man. Um, so we, yeah, you know, dating was great. Being engaged was great. Um, and our marriage has been strong mm-hmm. through it all, which I'm thankful for, but there have like the circumstances yeah. have been hard. Yeah. Um, Bryce was on a path for a certain career that took, uh, like with the state that took over a year to apply for, get accepted for background checks, um, was about to go to training for it. Uh, you know, we were prepared for that to be the career that provides for our family. Yeah. Yeah. And he got there and, very quickly realized that that was not for him. And, you know, that's a decision I really respect Mm -hmm. because you would never want to see your spouse in the wrong path, especially Mm -hmm. when it's a riskier type of job. Yeah. Um, so he came home and, you know, I wasn't upset with him, but, it's, it's kind of hard to like, maybe the right way to put it is like, it's hard to like detox from the life that you've lived in preparation for that for mm-hmm. over a year. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, all the dreams and plans that we had prepared for, like we were prepared to have to move or, you know, how that would impact like future family plans all those things kind of shriveled away. And so that was really, those were, that was a hard month or two to try to figure out like, what are we doing? Bryce went back Mm -hmm. to working for his dad, which was such a gift that he was able to step back into that so quickly Mm -hmm. and not have to look for work. Um, but those, that was hard. And then a month later on my 27th birthday, Bryce went to work in his dad's uh, wood shop, which, you know, he grew up in that shop He's super skilled and talented, knows how to do things. Um, but he was making a cut on the table saw and the board kicked and um, it pulled his hand into the blade and uh, almost completely severed three of his fingers. Um, I don't want to like share too much because I get kind of queasy. I'm so desensitized to his injury now that <laughs> you kind of realize when you see people's faces i'll just say thank you i mean yeah i can handle it yeah yeah right i'm getting queasy over here just thinking about <sighs> it but yeah i remember driving to work getting into the office my desk was decorated for, for my birthday, birthday and sat down at the desk and bryce's dad was calling me on the phone and i was like well that's interesting because he already like texted me happy birthday like why is he calling mm. um so i answered super chipper and you know he said like hey Bryce has had an accident. We're on our way to SVMH, the local hospital in Salinas. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had an accident on the table saw. He's, you know, it's not life threatening, but he said, this is going to change his life. You life know, life altering. Yeah, life altering. So that was crazy. Had to tell Kelly, my coworker, what had happened. Like, Bryce is in the ER. I don't know what's going on. Um, so he ended up getting 
life flighted. I mean, he wasn't like dying or anything, but the quickest way to get him to Stanford hospital was via helicopter. So, um, he got life flighted there. We booked it up there, you know, in, in God's providence, my aunt and uncle live in Palo Alto. So I got to stay with them five minutes away from the hospital mm-hmm. for a week. The surgeon saved his fingers. Um, that's just one of the most surreal things to get to be in a waiting room and get a phone call from the OR nurse who's in the operating room and having to ask, does my husband still have fingers? <laughs> you know? Man. And she's, yeah, when she said, yeah, oh yeah, we got to save all of them. I was like, wow, what a miracle. But, um, you know, his hand isn't the same. It's, you know, still a level of disability in his left hand, but he's yeah. learned to adapt and he was, um, he wasn't able to work for 10 months mm-hmm. and, uh, one of his buddies, I mean, he, he really wasn't able to go back to the wood shop for, you know, physical reasons. That's hard to do with all that he had to recover from, but even just getting back in there for the first couple of years was really hard. Yeah, I'd imagine. Um, so yeah, to, to be married for nine months and have your husband who's super active and loves to hike and rock climb and be outdoors for him to be disabled in that kind of way mm-hmm. is just like, well, not that he's not what I signed up for because he absolutely was, but you're like, you just think like, this is not what I thought right. early marriage was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's been hard. Yeah. So for you, I just want to ask you, you know, as you're going through all that and, um, you know, it's, it's like interesting listening to your story because you're talking about when you're in college and there's like a job lined up and then Mm -hmm. the rug gets pulled out from under you or Mm -hmm. nine months at the job here locally. And then that gets pulled out from under you. It was almost like training wheels for this thing where Bryce, you know, for a year plus is preparing for a real significant career that's going to shape your future together Mm -hmm. and then that gets pulled out from under you and then real quickly it's like his health and normal living Mm -hmm. and all that that is pulled out from under you as well so as you're as you were going through all that how were you doing like with God and you know what was your posture and attitude Mm -hmm. towards him because that can be a struggle for a lot of people Mm -hmm. you know I wouldn't begrudge you if you were angry or upset with God I'm sure you've got balanced perspective now and everything, yeah. but what was that like for you? How were you processing yeah. that with him? Um, I think it's interesting in comparison to Bryce. Like I, I have, a, I'm able, I don't know if it's good, but I react pretty quickly. Like I feel the weight of a consequence or, you know, a circumstance pretty quickly. Um, so I was immediately so sad <laughs> for mm-hmm. him. Um, and I think I just felt like I wish I could have protected him. And why Why did God let this happen to him? You know, you just, you don't ever want someone to be hurt like that, that you love. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely struggled with depression during that season. Um, and also just 
some like general concern and anxiety about like, well, what's next? What is he even going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, cause I think he chose a different career path or chose to leave that potential career path, which was fine. But it, so we were in a space of, well, what, what does he want to do? Like, let's figure that out. Mm-hmm. And then once he got hurt, it was like, well, what can he do? Right. You know, and that just felt so unfair for someone, you know, so young and healthy and with so much ahead of him. Um, but it was hard. I kind of just felt like that whole year was a fog. And, and at the same time, saw our church um, support us. And I think, I think it was one of those circumstances where the faith of others carries you. Mm. And that was very clear to me. Like, I knew I didn't feel potentially very close to the Lord in that time, or mm. it didn't feel like he was n- near to me. But... I couldn't deny that he didn't love us mm. because of the way people cared for us. I mean, even, you know, not everybody had gotten to work that day that I got the phone call, but, you know, Kelly and Chelsea and um, Mike Cooley at the front desk were there and basically just was like, Bryce is in the yard. I just ran out. And I know that people were praying. I know that you guys prayed for him during the staff meeting that day and it was I think, you know, by the end of that day, we had hundreds of people praying for him. Mm. And that that testimony has carried, really carried me through um, just the community of God's people when, mm. when you're hurting. And it, it has given me compassion mm-hmm. to be more like that for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, so you see how God uses it. I mean, we've seen we've seen how that's guided our life even just in the last three years since that happened. Yeah. It's such a testimony too, to just the seasons that we go through mm-hmm. in life, you know, cause you guys are in such a different state right now. You know, Bryce from all accounts from both of you to me is, has a career that he really loves and mm-hmm. enjoys and mm-hmm. feels a sense of fulfillment in, and there's provision happening as mm-hmm. a result and then you got baby Theo, you know, who I, uh, I'm assuming is uh, year three of your uh, your, yeah. your four years. So you've got the the job shift, the accident, and then Theo comes along. Yeah. And so it's just cool to think about like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. we go through seasons in, yeah. in life. The, the things that we're passing through aren't always going to be right. what we're passing through. And yeah. what you might feel now compared to three years, even two years Mm -hmm. down the road could be so different. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember, yeah, that year of, you know, so much hand therapy and, uh, just yeah. Doctor's appointments and all this. You just think like, I am never going to get out of this. Mm. That feeling of like, yeah, this is defining my life. This is what we are. This consumes us. This is what we're about. Are we ever going to be on the other side of it? And then one day you realize that you are, and you're like, wow. Yeah, because you said it like, they said we saved his hand. Yeah. And then, like you're saying, you know, there's hand therapy and everything. But, like, I remember the first time I saw his reconstructed 
hand. I mean, mm-hmm. even at the stage that I saw it, yeah. you know, it was like better than initially. Uh-huh. And it's like, there were pins and yeah. I mean, it just looked like, you know, I was just like, was Oh wild. yeah. You're like Luke Skywalker. You know, they just like put a new thing on. He probably there, would have preferred that. Yeah, This was like, <laughs> just like incredible yeah. reconstruction that yeah. had happened. And to hear like, well, you know, I mean, his hand's never going to be fully the same Uh but that he's generally healthy now like it took a lot of what i'm trying to do for people listening is like this was a big deal that's why it kind of defined your life during that time yeah the surgeon said it would take one to two years Mm -hmm. and you just think like wow two years you know when we had only even been married for nine months yeah but he was cleared and technically as healed as he would ever get Mm -hmm. by like 11 months. So even that we consider like a total gift from the Lord. Yeah. So what, what has that done to you guys both? Has it changed kind of your perspective? I imagine it has with like people who go through injury, physical trauma, mm-hmm. even sickness, you yeah. know, that's like even more severe or life threatening oh, yeah. than what Bryce faced. Is it giving you like a deepened, I don't know, compassion mm-hmm. or understanding? Yeah, it does. Um, I think it's really shaped how we talk to people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not every time we see them asking them how they're doing, you know, in relation to their injury, their sickness, their hardship, you know, cause it can feel so defining and, and we love our church, but there was a while there, it was hard for Bryce to even come on Sundays because he had this huge cast on and, you know, people very well-meaning would want to know how he's doing. But for that person, they just answered 30 questions about their their trauma, you know? So, um, I think it's given us, you know, a lot of perspective on how to talk to people like that Mm -hmm. and try to ask them about different things in their life because they are whole people apart from, you know, the difficulty that they're going through. Um, but also be able to encourage them and say, you know, it's okay if things feel really hard right now because they are Mm -hmm. and, you know, let people carry you through this, ask for help. Um, and especially if it's a sort of difficulty that they're, you know, Lord willing is going to be another side to it to say like, you will get through this. And I know it feels like you won't, Mm -hmm. you know, and to be able to, to come alongside them yeah, in that way. Love that. Mm-hmm. Well, shifting gears a little bit, um, and we could talk about this some other time as well, but um, just shifting gears into more of like what your role is here mm-hmm. in the church. Um, you're, to me, you know, for people who don't know you, uh, a person who's really serious about the Lord. You love the gospel. You love his word. So you want people to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. So one of your responsibilities here as the outreach director is you're heavily involved in the third leg of our church's mission statement, Mm -hmm. uh, which is to share him. So Jesus famous, we want to honor him. We want to grow in him and we want to share him. So just big picture, Mm -hmm. what does it look like for you as you think about sharing him? What's your heart? What's your vision? What does that mean to you? Yeah. Um, this is a role that in some ways I feel very well suited for. And then in other ways I don't at all. 
Um, I think as a more introverted person to be like focused on outreach seems a little funny. (laughs) You know, I'm like not a street evangelist by any means. Um, but I, what I see when I look at what our church is able to do is by whatever means possible to bless our community, to reach out to our community, to equip our church with opportunities to help, um, or to be aware of what's going on, whether that's locally or globally. Mm -hmm. And then also to, you know, uh, develop relationships with and support missionaries all around the world. So, you know, it could be, it's very multi-tiered, I think, in, in the scope of, Mm -hmm. of what we're able to do. So some things are really small, like in January, we sent cookies to the hospitals because they were having a rough time. Mm -hmm. You know, that's pretty small with like a note attached to the cookie that said, thanks for all you're doing for our community. We're praying for you. That seems pretty small and basic. And, um, but I still think that builds, that builds rapport with the community, a good witness. Um, but then also things like our missionaries who we can't even say their name because they're in such undisclosed locations, Mm -hmm. you know, that's significant as well. And so, being involved in kind of all of that is a lot. Um, and not that it's hard. It's just, it's so broad, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You have one of those roles in the church. It's hard to like put your hands around because mm-hmm. it could go in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there was a season for me where one of my roles here was to be in charge of the missions in the church. And it always felt like that to me. Like, <laughs> man, these missionaries are all over the world. Who do we really like partner up with? Mm -hmm. What kind of contact do they need or want? What can we do for them beyond just the financial support? And that was just the missions. Mm -hmm. You're thinking Mm -hmm. about a lot of the local kind of ministry and and outreach. So thinking about that from the local kind of perspective, which I know is a big part of your heart, what are some of the things that you, you would love to see our church um, excel in more. Maybe we could start with what are some of the things we get to do right now? Oh man. Um, what have we done? We, I think, yeah, a lot of, and a lot of things obviously have changed during the pandemic with how we can interact with people. Um, but you know, early on in my role here, we were able to do ministry called cherish boxes and people in our church would fill little, shoebox size boxes with, um, activities and like toiletries and things for kids who, when they're removed from their home by CPS, they go to a place called Cherish Center in our County and they await placement in a foster with a foster family. And so, you know, we were able to, as a church, make boxes that are then given to the kids, um, while they wait. And that just Mm. seems so small, but it's, I think such a, uh, opportunity for mercy and compassion on those kids who just need to get their mind off of some, like of what they're going through right now. Right. Um, and on the box, you know, it says it's, it's from Calvary Monterey. We're not, because it's funneled through the County, we're not allowed to put like Bibles in there or anything like that, but the kids and the social workers know, where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, so that's something that we've been 
able to do. Uh, we support a lot of local ministries. That's a big part of, of my job is staying in contact with the other like parachurch organizations. Mm-hmm. So supporting InterVarsity at CSUMB or um, getting our church to volunteer with Set Free Monterey Bay, which is a local human trafficking um, organization that seeks to serve women in our community, mm-hmm. even who are being trafficked, you know, yeah. um, I'm trying to think there's so many others. We are currently starting an outreach with, um, a middle school in Seaside that has the highest concentration of homeless or housing insecure students mm-hmm. and setting up a, a resource room. So those kids can come in, wash their clothes, get an extra set of clothes if they might not have them. Mm-hmm. Um, fill up a bag with, with food to take home for the weekend, uh, get toiletries and school supplies and, you know, just to be, just to even think that like our church can be in a, in a public school room like that and keep it stocked and organized, um, is so cool to me. Like that builds, that builds a witness and a reputation for our church. Um, so that, that's been really cool. Um, man, I think so much what's hard for, what's been hard for me as a planner is so much of this job is responding to needs as they come in. So I can't really plan ahead all the time of like, mm-hmm. what will 2022 bring? I mean, like four things have already happened this year that mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know was going to happen that we need to respond to. So, um, things like that, we, we have a great relationship with county social services um, where social workers workers will just email me directly and say, hey, we've got a mom at risk of losing her kid unless she's able to, you know, she's had a baby, she can't afford a crib. Um, so she's at risk of losing her kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, can Calvary help? Because oftentimes the county, because of how, you know, taxpayer dollars are used and that's important, but... Yeah. They can't just go out and buy that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we're able to say like, yep, we'll do that. Um, so we've bought cribs and beds or have helped foster families that need extra help getting supplies in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously our food pantry has been used and by our community and yeah, countless more. Yeah. What it feels like to me, and you can tell me if I'm off on this, what it feels like to me is that currently there's all of these local quick strike kind of opportunities Mm -hmm. that you are um, cultivating the relationships so that we can say yes when the opportunity presents itself. Mm -hmm. And that what you're, I think it seems like from conversations we've had, looking for, praying for, hoping for is probably a couple of things. It seems like for one, we're continually looking for that like long range, deep impact, open door that God wants us to pursue. And mm-hmm. so these little opportunities, so whether it's like a, a, adopting a school or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, but like a real deep thing, like we have with the bridge, for instance, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, we've really been able to go deep in this one area. And then I think secondly, just from talking with you in the past, <clears throat> 
I think that we, though we love the connections we've had with the foster care community, we'd love to see some people in our church step into fostering mm-hmm. themselves and mm-hmm. potentially foster adopting. If someone's interested in learning about that, what do they do? Um, well, you can go to calvary.com slash outreach. And I think the second or third opportunity listed is foster care. And it'll take you to a whole separate page with um, all the different ways that you can be involved in foster care in our community. Um, So that could be becoming a CASA, becoming a foster parent, um, volunteering at events. Uh, Even just within within this last year, I've been able to make partnerships with two organizations that are based out of Santa Cruz County but want to come down to Monterey County. And they're Christian organizations, so that's been really cool because we don't really have any of those like Christian foster care mm-hmm. uh, support organizations in Monterey County, so trying to help establish that. And a lot of what they do is uh, support foster families or kids in foster care, so there's a lot of different levels of commitment that you can, that you can do um, and just kind of figure out where you want to get your feet wet first, mm-hmm. so... Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. To me, you know, as I think about some of these types of uh, opportunities, I mean, obviously with our missionaries, they're doing like a real direct, like gospel work. Mm -hmm. Some of these local things that we're talking about and ministries that we support are also doing real direct gospel work. Mm -hmm. And this, a lot of the stuff we're talking about right now is like an indirect gospel work. It's Mm -hmm. kind of in line with Jesus's statement. Like you give a cup of cold water in my name Mm -hmm. and you know, I, I remember that, you know, it's as if you've given it and done it for me, for me and yeah. to me. And, um, I know that there's times where people fuss a little bit about the idea that are you're telling me, I'm going to put this little box together with all these supplies for a foster kid. And I can't write some Bible verses mm-hmm. and, you know, share my testimony and share the gospel in there. Well, I don't want to do it because if I don't get to share the gospel, then I won't do this good thing for a person. And to me, it's a little bit of like a temper tantrum that somebody's (laughs) throwing when they behave that way. Like I'm not going to do something that is a benefit to you unless I get to do what I want Mm. for you. Mm -hmm. And obviously the the heart to share the gospel is incredible, but sometimes you just need to take the opportunity that you have Right. And say yes to that and trust that God is doing a long range, building a bridge kind of Mm -hmm. thing in this community through the way uh, that we live. Totally. And uh, so I, for one, you know, I mean, you, you know me and you've heard my teaching for a lot of years now. Yeah. I'm a gospel person. I think it's the solution for humanity, but, um, we got to take the opportunities that we have and in a community like this. Mm-hmm. I think these are some of the good things that the church can take up the slack. I mean, our social support systems in this community are hurting. They mm-hmm. can only do so much. Mm-hmm. They only have so many resources and it's shocking to hear about all the need that does exist. Right. So, uh, I think it's a really cool thing to, um, take some of the opportunities that have been presented to us. And I pray that, you know, many more churches could, you know, partner with Mm -hmm. that and, and that we'll, um, 
you know, see uh, lots of children being brought into Christian homes and Mm -hmm. families and Mm -hmm. the gospel spreading in that kind of way, just like redeeming the whole person. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that I I can't remember who said it, but it was a pastor um, who said, if our church disappeared tomorrow, would our community miss us Mm -hmm. or even notice? Yeah. You know, and I think about that a lot. Like, I want to be seeking the welfare of our community, um, be about Jesus famous, um, but not everybody in our community is about Jesus famous. So how do you get to them? Uh, And we want to be a blessing to them. We want to partner with them on the things that we all feel are important. Um, And when people think about the church or think about our church, I want them to say like, no, they care about us. You know, they, they want what's best for us. They care about the kids in our community or the vulnerable. Um, you know, they see us. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Well, Anne, thank you so much for joining us today, Mm -hmm. sharing a little bit of your life and your heart and your ministry with us. And we're praying for you and Bryce and little Theo. Thanks. For some great years to come. Hopefully it won't be every year, year five, year six, right. year seven. <laughs> Hoping for some good years to come, yeah. some good seasons. Yeah, it's been pretty It's been pretty good this good. last year, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Anne. We pray that today's discussion has blessed you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and share so we can continue to reach people and make Jesus famous in our lives and the lives around us. Until next time, God bless.